0: Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast, a podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're talking to Matt and Cassie Foshi about what it's like to pioneer no place left in the Mormon heartland of Utah.
1: So I was 28 when I started following Jesus, and Cassie was 31, I think it was, mm-hmm. and uh, and we were really going the opposite direction prior prior to God just really interrupting our lives and opening our eyes, and so um, there was a lot that came with that for me. Uh, I would say pretty early on, I felt like a, just a deeper like level of call from God to give more, like sacrifice to serve Him. Uh, but I feel like in the context that I was in, I struggled to, to know how that fleshed out because the things I would hear people say about ministry and what ministry looked like, it didn't sound appealing to me. in some of those, some of those facets, um, and I later came to realize it was part of the reason was because of how God had actually wired me and how God had wired us. You know, I would say I didn't even have a lane I don't. I don't feel like I had a true lane to run in. Um, and then I came across. Uh, I'm guessing it was 2015 or 2016. We heard some stories of uh, what God was doing in an area of North Carolina, and um, heard that there was a guy there that was seeing people come to Christ, and you know they were doing uh, something called three thirds and walking people through obedience-based discipleship and the commands of Christ, and so we just started. We just started doing that in our church. And I just started groups, uh, tried to start sharing the gospel, making disciples. And probably a year into that, uh, came across a, a training that took place in Raleigh, North Carolina, and which once we, we saw as a four fields training, and uh, man, through that process, God just, he just lit our hearts up, and uh, we knew it was what we wanted to give our lives to. So what was it about the
0: training that had such a big impact?
1: I think it was actually seeing the pattern of Jesus uh, in his life and ministry and then seeing that pattern actually carried out in the book of Acts as well through disciples and, uh, you know, through the churches that were started in the book of Acts. That was really impactful for me. Um, and I think seeing how like the same God that was working then is actually the same one that's that's working now. And uh, we could be a part of what he was doing in the same way that he was doing it then, you know, Uh <laughs> So it really, you know, I think that was a big piece of it. And the vision itself just really, really, I mean, the vision of every place and every people, I feel like our heart has always been for lostness and and really for the gaps, you know, and uh, I just feel like that was a big piece of that training as well. So
2: I was in this season was in the midst of a like major child rearing. I was pregnant and had really, really small children. And so I actually didn't go to the trainings with Matt, but he would come home and just share in excitement. And I was excited about that. Um, but but honestly, I really kind of struggled as we as we started forming our team to come out here to Utah, I really felt really clearly that that God was calling me to something really specific in in prayer. Uh, and I don't know, I, I felt like I, I was, I was just really wrestling with that because I I almost felt, felt like that was insignificant compared to everybody else's giftings and just the way that God had, had wired them. And, but I, I really pressed into that as, as we moved and just saw God do just some amazing things. And, um, I don't know, I just really grew in And just my identity as as who God made me to be. So, yeah. And actually this week there was there was a lady that um, I grew up in a a small church and the pastor's wife for you, you heard Matt say that I didn't come to faith until I was in my young 30s. And the pastor's wife, I mean, she, she prayed for me for decades for my salvation. And I just, I really feel like God used her prayers to save me and uh, she passed away this week. And, um, I don't know, I just, I feel like that was just a a huge legacy that, that she passed on to, to me and to so many others. And so, yeah, I just, I feel like God just really you know, brought me from a place of I, I don't know where I fit in to, wow, this this is actually really a, a
1: significant calling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how did that
0: call to Utah come?
1: So we actually came on our honeymoon uh, out of all places to Utah, <laughs> southern Utah. They have some awesome national parks here. And so mm-hmm. we came out here to do some hiking. And um, while we were here, we had some, we were both pretty fairly new believers at the time. Cassie was probably an eight month old believer and I was maybe two years as a believer. And, uh, while we were on our honeymoon, we had a lot of gospel conversations with people and came to realize that this was a different place than where we grew up because of the Mormon influence. Um, and we, we were just really in a lot of ways, ignorant to what even the Mormon faith was. Uh, and as we started sharing with people and they would share with us, we recognized that the things that they were sharing weren't in the Bible and so we just asked them, hey, where are you getting that from? you know? And so we actually, uh, through that process, they said, hey, here's the Book of Mormon. This is where we're getting it from. If you'll pray and sincerely ask God, he'll reveal his truth to you. Uh, and so we took the book from them and we started praying. And within 15 minutes, God just put a passage of, from the Bible on Cassie's heart uh, from Jeremiah chapter 23. She had actually never read Jeremiah. So we opened it up and... And we started digging in and the first eight or nine verses was the prophecy of Jesus and the righteous branch whose name would would be called the Lord is our righteousness. And then the whole rest of the chapter was denouncing false prophets that dream mm-hmm. vision. and They promised peace to people. And, and that was really like wrecking for us, honestly, because we, it was at that moment we realized what was taking place in Utah and how it was connected to lostness and, um, You know, over the years, God moved us shortly after that uh, honeymoon. About eight months later, we moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, where we lived for six years. Um, But in 2015, God just started bringing Utah back to our hearts. You know, we kind of left our honeymoon thinking this might be a neat place to do ministry one day. And, you know, little did we know, God. God called us back here years later. So so we moved with a team of uh, seven adults and nine kids at the time. The nine kids were seven and under. There were actually four one-year-olds. And we we actually moved out and lived in the same house as a team, all the adults and the kids in one house for seven months. Um, yeah, on, you- that, that season was really formative mm-hmm. in so many ways because – I mean, we're moving out here. We didn't, we, we knew a few people, but by and large, we, we were what we had, you know? And uh, by God's grace, you know, you could come out of a season of seven months like that living with people and you could really, you could see it could go one or two directions, you know? And for us, uh, I mean, literally, those people are our family yes. now, you know? And this is the, I would say through that process, this is the first season. Like I always read in the Bible how church is a family, you know, brothers, sisters. In my mind, I think I connected it to being like family. Uh, this is the first season I've been able to say, "This is family," and actually, you know. Um, so when we came out, though, we uh, we we were sowing the gospel really broadly. So as a team, we were spending thirty-five to forty hours a week in the harvest, sharing the gospel seventy-five to hundred times a week, uh, and you know, we we did that for about three months, and saw saw. A, you know, we saw several people profess faith in Jesus. Uh, we encountered our first uh, manifestation of a demon, which is a whole another story that God has really been working in our lives over the last mm-hmm. four years connected to some of the spiritual warfare stuff. Um, but in those, in those three months, I feel like we came away from it uh, with this, you know, as much as we were laboring and as much as we were sharing the gospel, which was a lot, at the end of three months, we realized, man, we could do this the rest of our lives and everybody in Utah would never hear the gospel and something's got to change, you know, and that made a shift. That was like a little shift for us where we were like, all right, at this point we're going to go meet with as many existing believers as we can find and cast vision and try to find out what God's doing, you know, and see if we can find other people to labor in the harvest with, to labor making disciples with. And I think through that, those three months we probably picked up three or four labors, you know, and and got to that place again we're just like this is this is not going to this won't accomplish the task you know we could do this the rest of our lives and still everybody wouldn't have an opportunity to hear the gospel so i think that was a real shift for us at that point cuz we realized and it, i think this is just a big learning point for us in general um is that we're we're actually not god's answer to the brutal facts of lostness um mm-hmm. it's actually the priesthood of the believer mm-hmm. the body of christ is the answer it's not one individual or one unit or one team uh it's actually the body of christ and so that that really i would say whereas i feel like we had a vision for multiplication before that that was really where we realized that apart from really multiplying that we weren't gonna you know we wouldn't see what we wanted to see happen and what god wanted to see happen honestly because it's his heart really so
0: and what was happening for you cassie what was life like in those early days
2: again still in that that same season really small kids uh, we were trying to learn how to homeschool because all all of our kids were were learning together along with the you know chasing around the small babies. Um, but we were we were learning. I feel like it was just a huge learning process for me and and for uh, these other wives and just how we how we can serve our husbands and just live on mission together as a family. And so we would we would rotate with the with the guys um, going out and sharing the gospel, you know, mm. bringing our kids sometimes if we were in, you know, a little bit safer neighborhood. Um, I I really wrestled a lot. When we first moved here, thinking uh, i d- i just i didn't I didn't like Utah. It was really overwhelming to me. Uh, there was so much lostness and you know, and it was it was scary for me as a mom moving our kids out here, and you know, we just we heard tons of stories about just a lot of um, yeah, just the the darkness and spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and um, so I think God just taught, taught us a lot as a family about how, how to deal with that. Um, and, and just, you know, daily discipleship with our kids. So just, a I I feel like there was a lot going on, yeah. um, in part and just, I feel like there's just been a, a ton of growth, um, mm. overall yeah. since, since we moved here to, to now.
1: If I can share something there too, Steve, you asked her, what was that first season like for her? And I heard what she said, you know, and I agree with everything she said. There was also another side to that first season that she didn't just share. And it was the pace of Mm. the pace that I was running. Mm. Uh, Okay. And, and I would say it was a really big, probably eight months in six, eight months in living out here. uh, We had some really uh, you know, people that we look up to, Mm-hmm. Uh, shared, a, shared a simple illustration with us uh, that really connected to our hearts about how we were living and particularly how I was leading. Uh, as you heard Cassie say family on mission. well the reality was this illustration was like it you know driving a speedboat mm-hmm. and and the people that are actually trying to get in that you want in the boat are actually hanging off the back <laughs> and they're hit, hitting the waves you know and they can't even get in the boat. And that person just looked at me and Cassie and said, Matt, you need to sell that boat and you need to get one that goes at the pace of the family. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, man, that, that rocked me, honestly, Steve. And it was a a life changing, Mm -hmm. uh, that was a life changing moment. I think just for our family Mm -hmm. and even how I viewed my leadership in, in my role in the family. Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just
1: remembering a season in our lives, just like that. <laughs> that season was also really interesting. We we moved out specifically identifying as a missionary team, and as we were laboring, you know, six months, uh, we're we're meeting together weekly. We're you know we're gathering together. We're we're basically doing the same type of discipleship that we would do with new believers when they came to faith, so that we could learn. And in that process, God just made it really clear. As we're we're looking at a simple tool called the church circle, and we're saying, "Hey, we're actually doing all this together." What is that? What does it actually? What does that say about who we are? You know, and uh, that was significant because we, I mean, right? You know, once we saw that just biblically, we just said, "Hey, we're we're a church," you know. And mm-hmm. uh, that 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 season, we actually went and uh, pretty soon after we identified as a church, we appointed some elders. Uh, just walked through the process biblically and appointed some elders. Uh, And then my, then my dad actually got really sick uh, and, you know, basically almost overnight he lost function in three limbs. Anyways. Uh, So we, we left with a one way ticket uh, to go stay with them and didn't come back for two months personally. So that was a, that was a really significant, I think a very significant season as we were just pressing in, really caring for my dad, uh, caring for my mom in that season. Uh, while, you know, we had been here and the, and the work was, the work was going. And, uh, I think that's one, one, one of the ways that actually God used to, to bring some light, I think to help, help, help us see uh, a little more clearly in connection to what it actually will take, uh, for the task and even, even the pace, you know, because again, we were completely taken out of it for two months, um, and then had to re-enter into it. So what I discovered when we re-entered, I knew this even before we left, uh, the people that God had connected us to that we were laboring with, uh, some of the strongest leaders uh, that I've ever honestly worked with. Before we left, they were they were looking to me as their leader. Um, and then we were gone, and we came back, and they were leading. And they were, I mean, I don't just mean leading they were they were doing an amazing job. Yeah. So one of the things um, that we were seeing in the field, and this started within probably three weeks of being out here. Uh, I, I referenced it earlier, but within three weeks of being out here, we had a, a demon that manifested in a guy uh, that we were uh, had professed faith in Jesus, and we beginning to start discipling him. And uh, first time we'd ever encountered that, and it was uh, to say that it was life changing is probably an understatement. Uh, and, and honestly, what I feel like what we saw the next season, you know, you could probably stretch it out a year and a half where looking back on it, it seems pretty clear what God was doing, uh, in the moment we had no idea, you know, uh, it's almost like God said, Hey, I'm working this way and I want to work this way. And then the whole next year and a half, two years, he was showing us the barriers in our hearts. I say we encountered a lot of demonic activity, you know, a lot. And we weren't seeing people delivered. And we were sharing the gospel, you know, 50 to 100 times a week. And people weren't coming to faith. You know, there were some people that professed faith and there were some baptisms. and uh, But nobody really early on in that season sustained, if that makes sense. Uh, and in the process we were also doing, uh, we started out trying to do it. Train training anybody that we could. And we had some opportunities in the first season. Uh, we were out here to do some trainings, some simple, uh, basic, you know, how do you share the gospel? And when somebody believes, how do you begin to disciple them? And we met some other people through that process that we began to labor with in the harvest. And uh, ultimately later, God connected us with one of those those people that we met early on in the training. And we ended up teaming with them uh, for a season as well. So I would say, um, as I think back, to that first season. I mean, I remember months where we, we shared the gospel three, 400 times and we didn't see a single person that was even interested in the gospel. Yeah. So Cassie just reminded me, uh, she was encouraging me to share another, uh, I guess, entry strategy that we tried. Uh, we, we kind of stumbled upon it. Honestly, uh, me and another brother went to one of the Mormon gatherings on Sunday um, we were just trying to connect with people in our neighborhood and they're, they're geographically uh, you know, they, they have to gather with people that they're geographically connected to their, ba- they have boundaries. Mm. And so basically if we went and gathered with them, that would be everybody that lived around us, you know, mm-hmm. that was LDS. And so we, so we get, we went to do that and we happened to be there on the first Sunday of the month, which we realized was their testimony Sunday where anybody in that congregation could get up and, share their testimony uh, about Jesus. Mm. And so over the next month, as we were praying, we just were like, hey, I think there's an opportunity here uh, potentially to get up and just share our testimony about <laughs> Jesus, you know? And so we actually probably for the next, I don't know, next six months or so, six, eight months, we would, we would strategically target different, uh, you know, we, we went to our own and did that. And we got some follow-up contacts from that. And then there were other areas that we targeted where we would go out and we would prayer walk the area, you know, for three or four weeks before we actually went and gathered on that Sunday, and then we'd mm-hmm. get up and share and try to get follow ups from that. And uh, there's some relationships that have sustained even from through that process as well. But it was uh, it was an interesting it was an interesting yeah. season to say the least. So, mm-hmm. so the that first
0: season was um, a lot of heart lessons, and a lot of gospeling, but very little progress in terms of fruit.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: What, what happened
1: next, next? The next piece to the story would be after we came back from my dad being sick, we walked through that next season uh, with those, those amazing leaders, and um, just through that process, God just He just put it on our hearts to actually exit from that town that we were in and relocate to another town in Utah that ended up being about an hour south of where we had moved out to and where we were presently living. And in that process, he connected us with another brother who we had met at one of the trainings that we did within the first three months we were out here. And uh, that brother um, was in the process. He had been out here for a decade and he had churches Two, uh, two churches actually that met in uh, campus, like campus buildings in different parts, of two different counties in Utah. And God had actually moved in their hearts and brought them to the place where he realized they weren't actually reaching people. And so he, I mean, he did something pretty extreme and sold their buildings and they, they decentralized into homes. Well, we happened to, you know, in that relationship with him, we were able to move down for a season uh, and just begin to team with him. Mm-hmm. And work was helping them build out some uh, lay some foundation, uh, build in some DNA. Uh, and and honestly, God, not just, so in that season, God really began to work in the place that, that we had been. Uh, so that it was, I think that was one that was one of our big lessons that we learned. Uh, the fruit was actually coming, you know I think there's a desire for me personally to see the fruit myself and for it to come from me, or you know, but what we saw happen and it's still happening was that once we left that place, there was actually more, there's more fruit than there ever has been. So the
0: lesson was we, we've got to get Matt away for the breakthrough to come. Is that right?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty humbling, but yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so what, I think, what, what, what did that breakthrough look like? Maybe four or five, maybe four months after we left, um, where they actually, I mean, it just so happened to be, they saw a lady delivered from a demon give her life to Jesus and within like a probably a three week time span, they probably had, I don't know, eight to 10 people give their life to Jesus, get baptized, start following him so much so that they actually had to start another church. And, um, you know, the one church that was there actually uh, multiplied it or reproduced into two churches. Mm-hmm. Then we moved down to start working with this uh, this new team. And uh, I would say probably that was one of the more difficult seasons just personally for us Mm -hmm. as a family. Um, So it was at the beginning of 2020. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was at Mm -hmm. the beginning of 2020 and um, we, we moved down and uh, you know, within just a a few weeks of being here, there was a a situation in one of the church gatherings in the home where a, a lady had a demon that manifested in her and by God's grace, she was delivered. Demon was cast out of her. She was set free. She said she felt like God wanted her to go share the story with the other church. So we went down there that evening. She shared the story with that church, and in the process, uh, demons manifested in some other people in that church, and and but they weren't they weren't delivered. But what ended up happening, and this was you know we had moved down there to work with these people, but we only really knew uh, probably two of the families, and so none of them really knew us that well. And in that process, you know, a lot of – there was a lot of slander. There was a lot of accusation uh, just about me personally, you know, as uh, – and Cassie. And it was just a – it was a really difficult season, you know. And then on top of that, COVID hit and really, you know, put a damper. As far as, you know, what we could tell, put a damper on some things. But we we pressed in. Uh, we saw that as an opportunity to press outward, you know, with hmm. with hitting and even work towards you know pushing authority and responsibility down to the people in smaller smaller units and smaller groups and smaller churches and so so we moved in early 2020 and then starting from July 2020 uh to now we've seen uh a little over 50 baptisms uh through through the you know through the the churches here Um, and just since January of this year, there's been over 30. Um, so I feel like what we're seeing is one, I think it's the fruit of years of a lot of prayer, Mm -hmm. a lot of people sowing the gospel here in the area that we're living. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also think it's fruit of what God was doing to people's hearts in COVID. Uh, and then we also had an earthquake out here, uh, right after COVID hit in Salt Lake City. And I think God was just shaking people's hearts, you know? And so we've seen a significant increase in the level of receptivity uh, in the harvest in the last year. I mean, significant to the point where two weeks ago I had two gospel conversations in the same day, and this was the first time this had ever happened, but both people initiated follow-up. Like, usually it's us initiating Mm -hmm. the follow-up, you know? and so that that's happening, but then what we also started seeing was not just uh, increased receptivity in the harvest, but we were also seeing God just start activating uh, believers. Yes. Um, and in that process, so we came down, we worked with this uh, this one you know this one uh, team for a season that had two churches started out, you know, and then in the process they started another church um and then in the fall of 2020 god connected us with another couple um that have just they're amazing and they had moved out here with a vision to start a church and so we we started working with them at the beginning of this past year and um helping them you know with foundation and dna and some things like that and man god's god's just been it's it's been really interesting to see but he's in all of these relationships and the different churches um, I mean, those baptisms that I was just referring to, they're, they're spread out. So they're not, it's not like those baptisms are coming through one or two people. I mean, if you were to, you know, look at who all led people to faith and, and started making disciples and baptizing others, it's, it's a lot of people, you know, in those churches and it's spread out. So it's, it's really, I don't know. It's just really neat to see what God's doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's now, uh, six I guess six churches that are spread across four counties, um, you know, and they're networked together, pursuing the vision to see every place and every people, you know, in Utah reach with the gospel. So, it's been a, it's been exciting. So, mm-hmm. also been really hard. So, some of the hardest seasons of our lives. Mm-hmm. So, so what's what's
0: changed in in you?
2: My heart is just my heart's grown a lot. Um, you know, I started out when we, we were living in North Carolina and, you know, like I shared before, God just gave me this, this task that he wanted me to do of, of praying. And so I feel like I've, I've grown a lot in that there's been seasons where I I feel like I've been more faithful and less faithful. Um, but but i've seen the just the importance that 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 one thing is um i feel like god has really taught me the importance of being vulnerable with the church um being vulnerable with my husband mm-hmm. being vulnerable with our kids um because relationships are really messy and and I'm a mess um but it's it's really really worth it mm. uh so I feel like that's that's been one thing that I've I've really learned a lot um the importance of a healthy marriage uh, I, I feel like there there's we just have been through a really difficult season and mm just watching my husband go from a place of you know i i feel like something's wrong with me i don't i don't know where i fit in in the ministry world to just really being very secure in how god's made him and mm-hmm. the vision that he's put on his heart and just my part in that and just how much just a little bit of encouragement goes such a long way um, for me as a wife to, to my husband. Um, and then I just I feel like God's given me some just some really interesting spiritual giftings that uh, this this last church that that we've been a part of for the last six months or so. And they've just really encouraged me in walking those giftings out and, and how to do that. And how to do that in, in faith. You know, you you heard Matt say earlier that God's he's been activating believers here and, and it's true. He is lighting people up here. It's just crazy. And, and he's bringing believers to Utah, like putting this place specifically on their hearts to come and to do ministry. We've met people from anywhere from, Ohio to Hawaii uh, I mean and all points in between are, are coming here uh, because God's called them and it's just been really neat to see you know the how the body is working together and and just being united in in what God has for them and just I don't know just that significance piece it, like every gift is significant and God wants to use, his
1: people to carry out His purposes. Man, I just have grown more secure in my identity yeah, that's in Christ and who He's made me to be, and I think it has flown uh, directly out of you know deep abiding in Jesus, uh, but it's also come through a lot of, uh, well, I mean, to get more secure in your identity oftentimes the insecurity is exposed in the process. Mm. So I feel like that has just been, you know, the last season for me. And I feel like one of the, the, the the passages that God has really used multiple times just in my life over the last four years has been uh, from the mouth of Jesus in John chapter 12, uh, where the Greeks come and they're seeking him and he turns to his disciples and and he says, truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I think one of those, I think one of the lessons that God's been teaching me is that security in my identity has come through abiding in Jesus, dying to self, and that the, the real spiritual fruit uh, that that we're seeing, honestly, is coming through death you know it's it's really coming through death just like it has to us right that's how it came to us was through the the death of jesus and his life now being manifested through us we're carrying his death in our bodies as paul would say so that his life can be manifested to others you know
0: the fruit of it is after probably many years uh, not just your ministry but many years of hard soil You've seen the first green shoots, new yeah, disciples, new actually, churches.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, there's another another brother out here that's been using the language of first fruits, and I, I think it speaks mm-hmm. to exactly what we're seeing happening. You know, and it's and it's first fruits. The fruits actually coming from other, like it's coming from a mm. lot. It's coming through a lot of people. It's not just coming. Actually, most of it's not coming through us, which is super humbling. <laughs> it's it's really encouraging. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think it's, yeah, I think first fruits is is a really good mm-hmm. way to, I, that feels like that's what we're seeing right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And and interestingly enough, you know, we're getting ready to, in the most fruitful season we've ever been a part of out here, we're, God's calling us out and we're, you know, getting ready. To- is this
0: part of the pattern that in order for the breakthroughs to come, Matt, you've got to leave?
1: I am uh I think there's probably something to that. I think that's the that's the multiplication only happens, only comes through release. I think it's a it's connected to that principle. Um and so yeah, what's
0: what's next the, for you guys? What's the next hill to climb, the next challenge?
1: Yeah, so we're actually in the process of moving uh to New York City. Uh so we're we are relocating uh from today about three and a half weeks uh to New York City, where uh, God's, God's putting a vision on our heart to, to go pursue, uh, the multiplication of disciples, churches, and leaders in the New York metro area, you know, in and among the peoples there because the, 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 peoples are there. And, uh, we see it as one of the biggest gaps in, in North America, uh, particularly in the U S and just in the same way that that drew us to Utah, hmm. uh, cause it was a significant gap in the U S percent of evangelicals to total population. Now we're being drawn, you know, to another gap in in the New York metro area.
0: Well, if you're enjoying the Movements podcast, why not leave a review wherever you get your podcast or spread the word on social media or just recommend it to a friend? It would really help. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements podcast.